All right, here we go on the Golf Preview Podcast, and Andre Bell's dream preview for RBC Canadian Open Week as the PGA Tour visits Oakdale in Toronto for the first time ever. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Will Doctor. Apologies, I didn't get a pod out for Memorial Week. I had some audio issues on the road. Should have had a backup mic with me. I didn't, and we move forward. Absolutely furious not to shoot the bull with you guys. As far as Jack's place is concerned, what a finish at Muirfield Village with Victor Hovland bearing a couple 15-footers down the stretch descended into a, a playoff against one of the best putters on tour in Denny McCarthy. Uh, number one, I was happy to see uh, Hovland quiet all of the media elite talking heads who were starting to question whether he would ever able he would ever be able to get it done on the big stage. And you know, prior to last week, Hovland had won Puerto Rico, he'd won Mayakoba a couple times, he's won Tiger event. Uh, a couple times, but he had never won a spring and summer event. Uh, but he's only 25 years old. Uh, and for some of you clowns to sit there prior to Memorial and say, well, Hovland was never going to get it done at the big stage was absolutely ludicrous. This is a player who has a, a top 15 finish at every major championship, including second at the PGA championship a few weeks ago. And at 25 years old, he has 23 top 10 finishes and four wins and 91 career starts. Is that any good? I mean, he's won on the PGA Tour in each of the last four seasons. The only other players to do that are John Rahm and Roy McIlroy. So that should tell you a little bit, a little, a little something uh, regarding how Victor Hovland can perform um, at the highest stages, not just these smaller events, these regular season events like Puerto Rico and Mayakoba. Uh, but he showed up at a, a major championship venue in Muirfield Village, a place that's hosted a Ryder Cup before, um, and and performed like someone who can win a major championship. So we'll talk about Hovland ahead of the U.S. Open next week. Number two, everyone needs to go follow Joseph Mayo Golf on Instagram because this is the guru who ended up fixing Victor Hovland's short game. Hovland gave him a shout out in his post game presser. You don't see that a lot, whether it's ego based or whatever. You don't hear the player recognize the coach in golf. Hovland was very open about how Mayo has totally reformed his game around the greens. There were a few tough chip shots down the stretch that Hovland didn't execute, but with the four inch bluegrass rough around the baked greens at Jack's place. You really couldn't ask for a better performance as far as chipping and putting are concerned uh, for a guy who just a year ago, uh, if he missed a green, you know, there was no guarantees that he'd get it up and in whatsoever. Um, it was not an easy week on the greens at Muirfield. Scheffler did not putt well. If he putts decent, he wins, no doubt about it. Siwoo Kim putted horribly and finished fourth. Jordan Spieth did not putt well up in Dublin. He finished tied for fifth. We might be talking about Ricky Fowler's Sixth career PGA Tour victory. If he has a better week on the greens at Muirfield Village, Rick will take a T9. He's playing fabulous at the moment. But my point is the two best putters at the Memorial were at the top of the leaderboard on Sunday. No one in the field putted better uh, than Victor Hovland and Denny McCarthy. Adam Scott was the third best as far as strokes game putting is concerned, and he finished ninth. So big week of positives around the greens for Hovland. Um, at one of the toughest chipping and putting venues on the PGA Tour. That's number two. Shout out Joseph Mayo. Number three, world number three, Roy McIlroy carded a final round three over par 75. And the frustrating part about last week for Rory 
is that he actually had a great week on and around the greens, uh, an aspect of his game that's been struggling. He drove the ball great, uh, but the issue was Rory just started missing greens with wedges on Sunday, missing greens with wedges in his hand from 130 yards and in on Sunday. Uh, that's not something you'll hear often when you're talking about Rory McIlroy. It's forever been one of the most solid aspects of his game. Uh, you know, it's golf, things happen. Uh, but to start missing wedge shots um, on Sunday for Rory, it was very shocking. He'll look to three-peat uh, the Canadian Open this week just at a different golf course. So we'll get into that. Now, I hope with the audio issues and no pod last week, you saw my card that was posted to the pregame forum. But if you didn't, good for you because we got wrecked. Uh, for the second consecutive week following the Kepka win at the PGA. We did hit both of our matchups last week with Matt Wallace over uh, Danny Willett, plus 105, and Ben on over Thomas Dietrich at minus 115. But as far as the picks to place and winners are concerned, it was absolutely garbage. The Gala made the cut, but didn't do jack on the weekend due to a couple bad days off the tee with his driver, Rom, who we had to win and top five. Struck the ball beautifully, but didn't putt well at all. And Cantlay, who was in the mix after Friday, uh, who we had to top 10, Cantlay couldn't putt worth a damn either on the weekend. So in the last two weeks since the PGA, we're three for three as far as matchups are concerned, but need to get back on track as far as picks to place are concerned. And we do that one week before the 145th U.S. Open as the PGA Tour stops in Toronto for the Canadian Open as I said a couple minutes ago, this is the first time Oakdale will host a professional event. Over the years of my lifetime, I've seen about five or six different golf courses uh, host the Canadian Open. St. George, Glen Abbey, Hamilton, Royal Montreal, Shaughnessy, uh, the North and South course at Angus Glen. They've all done a spectacular job hosting this event. The bottom line is Golf Canada wanted more venues in the mix for their nation's title, which I don't quite understand. I know... There is an endless amount of great golf up there, but they've switched between six venues over the last 20 years, and the product has been amazing, especially at Glen Abbey, which is home to the Canadian Golf Hall of Fame and just has that legendary par 5 18th hole. That was easily one of the best finishing holes on the PGA Tour, and if you can't remember what the layout of the 18th that Glen Abbey was just go to YouTube and watch Tiger Woods play the 72nd hole to 2000 RBC Canadian open. You know, he drove his, he, he hit his drive in the right fairway bunker and then hoisted a six iron from about 218 over the water to set up an easy birdie that would win him the golf tournament. It was one of Tiger's best shots ever. So I think Glen Abbey uh, would be a great consistent host for the Canadian open but I digress. We're on to Oakdale, which is going to be an absolute birdie fest. Obviously, that four to five inch bluegrass rough will be prevalent for players who are missing fairways. But as far as the overall layout of Oakdale, the majority of holes are straight away. There's only a few dog legs out there, and it's on the shorter end as far as distance is concerned on the PGA Tour. There's barely any bunkers around Oak Hill. There's only four holes that have water in play. I really don't see where the teeth of this golf course is besides the rough. Um, I've seen the greens are quite undulated, so I'm going to be focusing on players who can hit a ton of fairways um, and then get to work on the greens. Okay, before we go through the order of play, 
we have to update you on the PGA Tour announcement uh, this morning that the PGA Tour and the PIF, uh, which is also Live Golf, would be merging uh, through the framework of an agreement the Public Investment Fund is contributing its golf-related commercial business and rights, including Live Golf, along with a significant financial investment toward minority equity ownership of a new collectively held for-profit LLC. Um, now, a lot of questions here, a lot of uproar today. Uh, the reason that this pod, you know, I didn't start recording this pod till three central is because um, all the reading I have to do um, to get you up to date on this, besides just the locks that you need going into Canada. Um, and I think there's a couple questions. Number one, is this a live, is this a win for live golf? And you have to be very careful here, here because the Saudis investment actually has nothing to do with live golf. Uh, the live golf product was not a success. They will continue until the, the, the 2023 live golf schedule will, will continue as planned until the end of the year. But ultimately this came down to the fact that their team play was a total failure with zero commercial interest. Uh, their, you know, assistant to the crown prince or whatever his title is, Yasir, basically, you know, saw live failing, saw it not getting a rating, saw it on the CW network, saw it not getting commercial interest from American companies. And Yasir basically put his hands up, uh, went, met Jay Monahan in London and said, you know, we'll become a premier sponsor um of the PGA tour and DP World Tour. Um, if you let us, if you let the PIF uh make an, an additional investment to this new LLC. Uh so basically, you know, the PGA tour was bought to some extent. We don't know all the details of that yet. You know, Johnson Wagner, uh contributor to five clubs and golf channel made it made an excellent point uh today. You know, the, the PGA Tour seems fine and well this year. They've had an excellent roster uh, of winners. Um, you know, I've said it before on here. I, I don't uh, – I am not a fan of outside countries coming in and buying American franchises or leagues. I like that community ownership feel that the Green Bay Packers have, even though, you know, ownerships like that with how much money is in sports now are, you know, almost dead and gone uh, but the bottom line is here, um, we don't know the details of what the schedule is going to look like. The PGA Tour has said to, has said a couple things. They will conduct a comprehensive evaluation of Live Golf and determine how uh, best to integrate team golf into professional uh, into the professional golf into the PGA Tour. I think I think team golf will be over after this year for Live, but the 2023 Live schedule will continue as planned. And as far as allowing live players back on the PGA Tour, I think that's going to all go through relatively drama-free. The PGA Tour has announced they're going to work cooperatively to establish a fair and objective process for any players who desire to reapply for membership with the PGA Tour or the DP World Tour uh, following the completion of the 2023 season. So DJ, Phil, they'll all be back. Um, you know, th this was... Uh, to me, a sad day in golf. It feels like golf just got bought. Um, obviously, more money in players' pockets 
uh, hopefully is the goal here and also to continue the history and the charity and the giving that the PGA Tour does on a weekly basis. Uh, but, you know, a lot to unpack here. Uh, the next update I'll give you is going to be uh, basically when the 2024 schedule comes out, because at that point we will know um, if we see live team events on the schedule, uh, you could say maybe live one. But if you're basically just seeing the PIF uh, money pit become a sponsor or a corporate sponsor of eight to nine events on the PGA Tour, well, maybe the PGA Tour was feeling the pressure of the elevated events this year. They've had to spend some money out of pocket. And of course, Jay Monahan, I got to say it, he collapsed and he took the investment from the Saudis. So we'll see how that pans out for Monahan. Uh, a lot of players pissed off. Some ones we're going to be talking about today, Roy McIlroy, Matthew Fitzpatrick, some guys that have gone to bat for the PGA Tour over the last year and turned down sums of money up to $500 million. You know, they're going to be super pissed off. But for now, we're going to have to wait for any updates on the schedule, um, and we'll reevaluate at that time when we get that information. Uh, back to the RBC Canadian Open. The order of play today, we'll be discussing the top five favorites on the odds list. We'll, we'll get you some matchups and picks to place. I'll give you a winner and a sleeper for the week, and we'll wrap things up with a lineup, scoring prediction, first-round leader, and best bet. Um, okay, starting with Rory McIlroy at plus 550 on Bovada. You know, Rory played well at the Memorial, uh, recording a second straight top 10 finish. You know, Rory uh, is going for a three-peat this week at the Canadian Open. As I told you, when KH Lee was trying to three-peat at the Byron Nelson, no one has done that since Stricker at the John Deere in the early 2010s. But my two issues with Rory this week are, number one, I don't think he can make enough putts on this birdie fest to win. You'll hear my scoring prediction a bit. It's between 20 and 25 under. And number two, I think there's been a cloud of distraction for Rory over the last several weeks. We found out today what that distraction was. You know, he turned down 500 plus million from Live last year. He went to bat for the PGA Tour, showing up at every event and talking, answering every question at every event. And now the two sides are merging, uh, meaning Rory probably forfeited quite a bit of money for no real reason. So uh, between the players meeting at 4 p.m. today and, you know, I, I wouldn't listen. I wouldn't put it past Rory to just withdraw this week. Um, you know, I know he shows up for the people of Canada, wants to three-peat. I wouldn't blame him if he just went straight to L.A., start getting prepped for the U.S. Open, um, and just letting all of this kind of take a rest uh, before he, you know, wastes a bunch of energy this week, possibly doesn't play well at at, at Canada. Uh, so I don't see him three-peating. I'm out on Roy McIlroy this week. All right, continuing with the second favorite, Tyrell Hatton, 12-1 to on Circa and Bovada. Uh, Hatton enters Oakdale off four straight top 20 finishes after a second place finish at the players and a top 15 at the PGA Championship. I'm really convinced that 31-year-old Hatton is playing some of the best golf of his career. He's currently third on the PGA Tour in strokes gain total and is a viable option for this week. Most of his matchups are overpriced and he's not on my card, but you can't go wrong uh, with Terrell Hatton this week at Oakdale. Uh, next up is Sam Burns at 15-1 to 1 on Circa. And the Dell match play winner comes into Toronto off back-to-back -back top 20 finishes at the Charles Schwab in Fort Worth in the Memorial Tournament last week. And when you look back a year ago at St. George, Burns finished fourth and has a, a great feel for the Canadian style of golf. A lot of fairways, a lot of made putts. 
He's currently ninth in strokes gain putting on the PGA Tour, which is an important stat to look at this week. And the matchup I'll look to cash in on is Sam Burns over Rory McIlroy at plus 175 on bet 365. And come matchups, I'll also have another uh, matchup for you with Sam Burns in there as well. Um, next is going to be Matthew Fitzpatrick at 16 to one on bet three, six, five, you know, Fitzpatrick is one week away from defending his title at the U S open. And from what we saw in his ninth place, finish the Memorial is he, is he appears to be gearing up to do exactly that from T to green. He did everything right at Jack's place after struggling with his putter at the PGA championship. He struggled, uh, with the irons at times this year, still ranks 104th as far as approach is concerned for Fitzpatrick. Um, and I'm going to pass on Fitzpatrick this week due to the amount of birdies the eventual winner will have to make. I'm not sure that Fitzpatrick can get to 23 to 25 under with this current putting form as he ranks 66th in birdie or better uh, conversions. But we'll talk more about him next week out of the U.S. Open, depending on how um the preparation goes for the Sheffield native uh Cameron Young up next Cameron Young comes in at 16 to 1 this week on bet 365 and I'm out on Cameron Young this week he's coming off back-to-back missed cuts at the PGA and Memorial where he putted horribly and now Cam Young is in a position where he hasn't finished better than 51st in his last four events since his seventh place finish at Augusta and we'll see how he does this week before heading to the U.S. Open, uh, but with his current putting form, we have to be way out on Cameron Young uh, this week. So let's move to the matchups where I'll fade Cam Young in two of them. Number one will be uh, Corey Connors over Cam Young at plus 105 on DraftKings. You know, Connors won his second PGA Tour event earlier this season at the Valero Texas Open and made an excellent run to the PGA Championship en route to a T12 finish. He's coming off a miscut at Jack's place where he didn't hit his irons well and did not putt it well. And I hate to put too much emphasis on the home soil event, but from what I see, Corey Connors has finally figured out how to play at home. And he did that last year uh, when he finished tied for sixth at St. George after uh, really not doing anything in his first six starts at the Canadian open. Uh, but Oakdale, the good news, Oakdale is a golf course that is going to fit Connors game to a tee. Besides last week, Connors has been very solid from tee to green all year. And this one should be an easy one to cash against Cam Young and his struggles over the last couple of weeks. Uh, so matchup number one will be Corey Connors over Cam Young at plus 105 on DraftKings Sportsbook. And number two will be Sam Burns over Cam Young at minus 105 on Bet Online. And another component to add to what is working against Cam Young is the fact that he 100% was offered a huge live contract last year. You wonder if the merger news is going to get under his skin as far as money left on the table is concerned if, and if that's going to impact his play this week. Obviously, the obvious and bigger knock is that he's just not playing well, um, and I'm very confident in Burns this week after top 20 finishes in four of his last six starts. So matchup number two is going to be Sam Burns over Cam Young at minus 105 on Bet Online, And then matchup number three, of course, I already told you, I'll stick with Sam Burns over Rory McIlroy at plus 175 on bet 365. On to the one pick to place for this week. It's going to be Justin Rose to top 20 at minus 105 at DraftKings Sportsbook. And 41-year-old Justin Rose has turned back the clock beautifully this year. I'm incredibly impressed with the way he's 
turned around his ball striking and putting over the course of the season. He comes into Oakdale off four consecutive top 25 finishes. And I love that he took Memorial Week off to rest after a 12th place finish to Charles Schwab. So we're getting a rested Rosie in a country where he's had so much success fourth in last year's Canadian Open, and he had one of their top five finish in Canada back in 2004. This is not a long golf course, so Rose you know, won't lose any shots in that category. I think this is a great prep week before the 2013 U.S. Open champion heads out to LACC next week. So my one pick to place is going to be Justin Rose to top 20 at minus 105 on DraftKings Sportsbook. My winner for the week is going to be Shane Lowry at 22-1 to 1 on Circus Sportsbook. And Lowry did not have the best of starts to the season, but starting at the PGA Championship, Shane Lowry really started to creep into that form that won him the Open Championship in 2019. He finished 12th at Oak Hill and then went to Jack's Place and put on an incredible performance with his irons and on the greens en route to a 16th place finish. Lowry has a phenomenal track record in Canada. He finished second in 2019 at Hamilton and 10th last year at St. George. And the reason he's going to keep that trend going is because he continues to be one of the best drivers of golf ball in the PGA Tour. He ranks seventh in that stat category this year, and he parlays that with great iron play where he ranks 14th on the PGA Tour. And as long as Lowry can have a better-than-most performance on the greens, the 26th-ranked player in the world is going to have an excellent chance to win on Sunday at Oakdale. So that's Shane Lowry at 22-1 to on Circus Sportsbook for my one winner of the week. My sleeper for this week is going to be the amateur, Michael Thorby Olsen to top 20 at plus 600 on FanDuel. And, you know, the I would say the man of the hour as far as young talent on the PGA Tour is concerned has been re- recent Texas Tech grad and number, world number one amateur, Ludwig Aberg. He is the favorite amongst a lot of the talking heads this week as far as young talent is concerned. But I'm going with the younger amateur out of Stanford who has actually had success on the PGA Tour. And that's Michael Thorby Olson, the pride of Wesley, Massachusetts. This is a 21-year-old who won the 2018 U.S. Junior Amateur. He won the 2021 Massachusetts Amateur and the Western Amateur in the same year. He has just dominated at every level, and he's had a, a spectacular career as a Stanford Cardinal. And last year at the 2022 Travelers, Thorby Olson, don't forget, he finished fourth and would have cashed half a million dollars. Uh, had he not been an amateur, remember he was coming down the stretch with Sahit the Gala and Xander Schauffele. Wow, the 22 Travelers, one of the best events of the year for sure. Uh, but Dorby Olson, what a finish there, um, up there at uh, uh, up there at the Travelers. I think Oakdale is going to fit him perfectly with his natural ability to drive it straight and make a lot of putts. Just if, just as you have to do if you're going to finish fourth at a PGA tournament as an amateur. So my sleeper this week is Michael Thorby Olson to top 20 at plus 600 on FanDuel. On to the lineup uh, for this week. Number one is going to be Shane Lowry, my winner for this week. Number two is going to be Adam Svensson, who is a Canadian that is one of the best iron players on tour. I think his game will fare well at Oakdale. Number three is going to be Eric Cole. And Cole has come out of nowhere this year and is all the way up to 43rd on the FedEx Cup standings. He comes to Toronto off three top 25 finishes in his last four starts. So Eric Cole, number three, number four is going to be Michael Kim, who 
is not the longest hitter of the golf ball, but certainly someone uh, who has been consistent on shorter golf courses. Number five is going to be Michael Thorby Olson. Of course, we just talked about him. And number six for my caboose, I'm rolling with another amateur. It's Masters Low Amateur Sam Bennett. And this is another player who I think Oakdale sets up perfectly for. He only hits it about 285 off the tee, but he is stone cold with his accuracy and ability to putt. So look for him. Look for Sam Bennett to take advantage of these shorter golf courses on the PGA Tour. The RSM, Hilton Head, some of these shorter venues on the PGA Tour is where Sam Bennett's going to earn his money. So going back over the lineup, it's going to be Shane Lowry, Adam Svensson, Eric Cole, Michael Kim, Michael Michael Thorby Olson, and Sam Bennett. Uh, the first round leader of the week is going to be Corey Connors at 35 to one on DraftKings Sportsbook. He got off to a quick start at the PGA Championship, and I think he's really gained confidence over the course of this year. That win at the Valero gave him the belief that he can be a multi-time winner on the PGA Tour and compete in the big designated events. His first round scoring average is 70.7. We'd like to see that a little better. But after seeing the way that he came out of the gates at St. George last year, I think he gets off to a hot start at Oakdale this week. All right, guys, a quick break from the golf to tell you about what we have going on over at pregame.com. Listen, all the sharps at pregame are on an absolute roll. Scott, AJ, Fezzik, Sleepy, uh, these guys are the best of the best, and you can get their picks on pregame.com for 20% off with my coupon code RBC20. Once again, that is RBC20 for 20% off off all picks on pregame.com. Uh, my scoring prediction for this week, the weather is going to be perfect in Toronto. Highs of 68, lows of 55. I think the players are going to eat this course alive, and Shane Lowry's winning score will be 23 under par. So scoring prediction for this week is going to be 23 under par. And, of course, my best bet for the RBC Canadian Open, one we've talked about quite a bit today, it's going to be Shane Lowry, the top 10 at plus 220 on DraftKings Sportsbook. That'll do it for the RBC Canadian Open Dream Preview. For any questions, you can reach out to me on Twitter at DRmedia59. And we'll talk next week prior to the 145th U.S. Open at Los Angeles Country Club. 